Welcome to the weekly message from Encounter, where the past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. Lord's help, I want to share with you a different kind of Christmas. Isaiah 9 and 6. This was a prophecy about the event that we celebrate on January or December 25th. And it says this. Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Would you be kind enough to stretch your hands this way and pray with me and and for me? Father, I, I don't know how many times I've stood before people that you love on the Sunday before Christmas and and shared your heart. But I ask you to do what I, I prayed for you to do just moments ago when I sat on the, on the pew up front here. I asked you that no matter what I do, I want this people to know how much you love them. And I know that's your heart for them. I pray that God, that that your word will do what you said it would it will not return void it will accomplish that which you have sent it to do and I pray God that every distraction be laid aside I pray that every every hindrance I pray for a freedom to share your heart and I pray for the hearts of everybody hearing me here in person or online that their hearts would be free to allow your word and your spirit to do more than bless them, but to impact them. And I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know, somewhere north of 30 times I've been honored to stand in front of a congregation on the Sunday morning before Christmas and share a Christmas message, and I would guess that Somewhere near half of those times, I've used these same verses. In fact, I'm pretty sure I've used it just about every pre-Christmas Sunday since I've been here. And um, it's not that I'm, I don't have any other scriptures to use. This is where God keeps drawing my heart. And I've learned this much with, you know, we drove down the road years ago with my dad, and, and my dad used to work in the oil fields. And uh, I, w- I looked out at one of those small oil refineries or oil pu- wells at the side of the road, you know. You see them, and they got the pump and the tank. And, and I saw uh, a pump operating, and it's, you know, it's, and I said, because usually you don't see them moving at all. But I saw this one was moving, and, it, and I said, oh, man, that guy's, that guy's making money. And Dad said, no, you, you got it wrong. 
the fact that it's moving means he isn't making money. He said it isn't flowing naturally, so they got to unnaturally pull it out of the ground. You don't want the pump to go. You want it to just naturally flow. And I've, I found out that's to be true when it comes to ministering. If you've got to pull something, if you've got to conjure it up, if you've got to stir it up, if you've got to make it happen, it probably isn't what you should be sharing. That it's, there should just be a natural flow to ministry. And I, I know I've used this verse many, many times in Christmas, pre-Christmas service, but today I want to share with you a different kind of Christmas. This verse gives us a what we celebrate as Christmas. We, we have no idea whether Jesus was born on December 25th or not. To me, it's irrelevant. It's the ch- date we choose to celebrate him. Amen? Don't get caught up in the dates. And don't get caught up in people that criticize lights on a tree. Okay? You, I, we, we got a tree in our house. You want to know why? Because the lights look cool. That's it. The lights look cool. I like the lights. We, at no time have we ever knelt down by the tree and prayed. We've never asked for the tree to bless us. Um, we used to have, we used to go out on Christmas Eve to the lots that sold trees and find the ugliest, gnarliest Charlie Brown tree we can find. And most of the time they would give it to us, just like get it out of here. And then when Christmas was over, we took, took it out in the backyard and, and burned it. You don't burn your gods, okay? But the tree isn't a god to me. It's just a tree. We put lights on it. But we have chosen this day to celebrate the coming of Jesus Christ into this world. It probably didn't happen on December 25th. I'm okay with that. If you didn't know your birthday, when your birthday was, just the fact that people wanted to celebrate you would be good. Amen? And we, we get out in Isaiah, before these events happen, we get his point of view. He gave Isaiah this vision, and, and, and Isaiah shared it. And in the vision, he said, Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And if you could just for a moment understand that exchange, when, when, when you and I celebrate the, the baby in the manger, the beginning of the life of Jesus the Christ, when we, when we celebrate that, we need to remember that for us this was a child, but for God that was a son. There was a, a giving. He He took from his own heart his son, and when his desires were fulfilled, he placed his son into a manger. And from his point of view, it's a son. From our point of view, it's a child. We we see it, and in that moment, to everybody watching, whether it was the innkeeper or the donkey or the shepherds or... Or, or Mary or Joseph, this was a child. But it wasn't just a child. This was a son. You parents, you know what I'm talking about. Your child. 
What would you do for your child? What would you do to protect your child? How many know what I'm talking about? What would you do to, to keep them? I think that's one of the hardest things as a parent is these things grow up. And they get their own life. And they need you less. And you get to the point where you, you can't fix everything. You know, I think I speak the heart of most parents. I don't ever want any of my kids to ever experience a lack or a heartache or danger or sorrow. I don't ever want them to have a tear. I don't ever want them to have a struggle. How many can relate to that? And yet that's the reality part of life. And as they get older, those things come and your ability to influence it gets smaller. J.J. and Aaron are hunting for a house to live in. And, and uh, there was a house that they made an offer on that needed a, a lot of work. It needed a lot of work. And having used to do that stuff, I was moderately comfortable. And, and we talked to the banker. And if they buy the house, they're going to have to borrow $30,000 to fix it up. But, you know, there's unknowns. <laughs> and... and up until this time in JJ's life, if, if he's needing a jacket, I can fix it. I can help him with a jacket. If he, his car's broke down, and he, I can help him get it fixed or help him fix it. But I remember there was a moment he said, Dad, what if we end up buying the house and, and we find out there's something major that we didn't see and the $30,000 won't fix it? Well, what do I do then? He said, what, what, what are we going to do? And I said, There's no, I don't have a remedy. He said, could that happen? Yeah. I don't think it will. But in that moment, there was this realization that he could get himself in a financial mess that that mom can't fix it. They grow up. God the Father had this moment where he this wasn't a child in a manger for us, like it was for us. This was a son who was given. This was a God in heaven who saw you and I in our mess. And the remedy was that somebody had to die for our mistakes. And a father who could not love his son anymore took his son, his son that if, if left alone would never know temptation, would never know the, the, the challenge of humanity, would never know what it's like to get tired, who would never know what it would be like to be separated from the father, who would never know the sting of sin, who would never know the pain of death, all of that could be avoided if the father didn't put him in the manger. And even more than that, listen, you, I don't want to go down this rabbit trail, but this could have gone bad. You need to know this wasn't a sure thing. This wasn't a, son, just, just, just walk through the motion. It's just going to happen. 
it could have got, gone south when, when, when Satan came to Jesus in the wilderness and tempted him. Jesus could have blown it. Do you get that? He could have been forever separated from God. My son says, Dad, what if it... I said, son, I, I can't fix that. There is no fix. It's a risk we take. When God the Father took his son and put him in the manger, that was a son who could maybe never get back to heaven. And when the reality of that moment, the reality of that possibility hits Jesus, the Father and the Son are having a conversation in the garden where the Son says, Dad, come on. Let this cup pass from me. I can imagine if you put it in more human terms, Dad, what were we thinking? You, you mean sin of all of mankind is going to be placed on me? And if in that moment I lose it, if at that moment our plan doesn't work, you mean I'm not coming home ever? You mean I'm as lost as they are? Oh, come on, Dad. We got to have another plan than this. Not your plan, God. I've got another plan. I've been down here for a while. I think I got some ideas. Let your plan, your cup pass from me. I've got a different cup to drink of. These guys want to make me king. I will be, I will be uh, an authority figure. I will fix this, God, my way, and I don't have to die. And God the Father says, son, no, 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 it can't, that won't work. You see, Jesus in that moment had to be tempted with everything we would ever be tempted with. He had to be tempted to think, that we can fix this our way. And come to the place where we tell God, nevertheless, God, not my will, but yours be done. I want to tell you something. The gulf between you and God cannot be fixed your way. You can't do enough good to fix it. You can't be good enough. Tell the person next to you, you can't be good enough. You can't be good enough. The Bible says that the sacrifice had to be perfect. It's none of us perfect. Without the shedding of blood, there is no removal of sin. If you're perfect, you could shed your own blood and you can get into heaven because of it, but you're not. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us, every single one of us, whether you believe in original sin passed down from Adam or not is irrelevant. Somewhere since the time you took your first breath, you blew it. Give me one of these. That's called a quiet Pentecostal amen. Okay. So it required a sacrifice. 
The sacrifice to us was a child, but to a father in heaven, it was a son. And he was given. Listen, you need to know something. This, this thing we call Christmas that we celebrated December 25th is not about acknowledging the birthday of Jesus Christ. It's about acknowledging the gift of Jesus. On that day, a child was born, a son was given. We received that gift. And if you're like our house, either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, you're going to grab the presents and you're going to open them, and there will come a moment in your, in your day that all the gifts are open. Well, except for the one that's coming late. You won't look at a gift under a tree and not open it. Somebody who loves you bought that for you. I would tell you right now, it is never a better time than now to look at the gift of Jesus Christ and what it should mean to your life. It starts with asking him to forgive you of your sins. It starts with you acknowledging that you will never be good enough to make it into heaven. Your sin and your sin nature cannot go up to heaven before you. You can't infect heaven. You want that hard to believe? We're living at a time in the middle of a pandemic. You're not supposed to go into a restaurant without a cloth over your mouth because the virus inside of you may get out and infect other people. How many know what I'm talking about? Well, you can't take your sin into heaven and ruin heaven for everybody else. It won't happen. It's either dealt with down here on earth or you will deal with it for all of eternity separated from God. It's not something we like to hear, but it's a reality. And the remedy for that is this gift. Open this gift up. It was a, a child born, but it wasn't just a child born. It's a son that was given. It's a God who looked at you and I and, and, and through all of our imperfections and all of our nastiness, he loved us. In fact, Romans chapter 5 says it best. Romans chapter 5, verse number 7. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't make you get good before you were good enough to die for. He saw you and I at our worst. He saw us at the bottom of the pit that we will ever attain in life. You've got to hear this. You've got to hear this. He looked, listen, you've got to hear this because it's freeing. He looked at you and I at the lowest of the low, low. Anybody in here ever done something bad? Come on, anybody? I don't want to be a part of a church that's a museum of saints, you know? They got their nose and they drown if it rains. Their nose is so high in the air. That's not where we're called to be. 
We're broken people that have found a love in God. And you need to get this. It's freeing. God looked at you and I at our worst. At our very worst. And said, I still love you enough to die for you. What a God we serve. And here, the, Paul is writing that, you know, maybe somebody might die for a good person. I, and we, we've seen that down through time. I saw a, a little piece yesterday on the TV about in the Korean War where a soldier jumped on a grenade in a foxhole to protect the other five guys in the foxhole. Some would do that. There have been people who have laid down their lives for others. But they laid down their lives for people that they, 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 they were with and cared about. God's laying down his life for people who may never accept him. And he laid down his life for them when, when they're literally shunning him and shoving him away and telling him to leave them alone. And in that moment, he says, I, you may never accept me, but I want you to know how much I love you. And in that moment, Jesus died. This baby in the manger who started in a wood manger will end up in a wood cross. And God did that for you and I. People say, I don't think a loving God would send people to hell. You're right, he doesn't. A loving God doesn't send people to hell. They buy their own ticket. And they demand entrance. A loving God did everything he could to keep every one of us from going to hell. A loving God has done everything he could to keep us from living a hell here on earth. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now a different kind of Christmas. A different kind of Christmas. We could, we could stop right here, and that would be a, a solid Christmas message. But a different kind of Christmas. Well, what else would you expect in 2020? Different kind of Christmas. God's put it on my heart to challenge you to become Jesus for somebody. Jesus was God's gift to us. Listen. Jesus was God's gift to us for the mistakes that we've made. What about that person that you're mad at? What about that person you haven't talked to in 5, 10, 15 years? You're mad at them. And you may even say, my anger at them is justified. I don't know if it is or not. It really is irrelevant. God's anger at our sin is fully justified. Come on. And yet, he crossed the gap. 
Jesus did not make up part of the distance or the divide between you and I and God. He made up all of the distance. I gotta say that again because you don't understand what I'm saying. Our sin separates us from God. It doesn't it 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 it, it isn't God that's it's not that God's mad at us and while well, you you stinking sinners stay away from me. It's that, that sin nature, that sin separates us from God. It's just natural. That's the way it does. You know what I'm talking about. Your spouse is unfaithful to you. You don't feel the warm and fuzzies in that moment. Come on. Your child disobeys you, maybe even flips you off. Hopefully you're not one of those parents that giggle, isn't that cute? My bubby just flipped me off. Did exactly what I told him not to do. Come here, buddy. Candy? There's, how many know there's an offense there? God, through his son Jesus Christ, did not come part way to meet us. He came all the way. He knows that we can't fix this without him. Why don't you become Jesus for somebody this Christmas season? Whatever issue you have with them, whatever's causing the divide, whatever is keeping them away, whatever it is, why don't you make up the ground? Jesus came so that not only we be forgiven, that we might become like him. Amen? Well, that, it's time that we become like him. A Christian walking around carrying a grudge against another human being is about the stupidest thing I've ever heard. When you think about all that God has forgiven us for, and you're mad at them for that? Come on, people. It's about time we become Jesus for some people. It's about time we become the gift. You say, oh, pastor, you don't know how they hurt me. I'm not belittling that. We hurt God big time. And none of it was justified. And yet, a child is born. A son. Don't talk to me that might take something out of you. Don't argue about how difficult this will be. A son was given. A son was given. Not because anything the father did, but because of what we did. And now you won't talk to them because of why? Am I being too straight this morning? I understand that. I, we should be doing jingle bells. I get it. I should have dancing snowmen on the screen right now. I get it. That's not me. All I've got is what he's put on my heart. A different kind of Christmas. Why don't we become Jesus to somebody? Why don't we just show up and don't demand an apology? Don't, hey, we need to talk about what you did. 
now that I haven't talked to you for 10 years, I hope you understand how mad I am. Why don't we just do what God did? A child is born. You know what that represents? A new beginning. The child is born because a son was given. I can tell you this much, in, the, in a moment, in a moment, there will come a moment in your life when everything you were mad at them about will seem petty and small because it likely is. You say, you don't, you don't know how badly they hurt me. It's petty and small, not what they did to you, but in comparison to the gap that God made up between you and I, the gap between us and whoever we're mad at is petty and small. It's petty. You're hearing it from a man who spent 23 years of his life being abused emotionally and physically. And my offense was petty and small compared to how I've offended God. And yet he forgave me. He didn't partially forgive me. He didn't dangle a carrot. You need to know something. Everybody in this world has been forgiven. Everybody's been forgiven. Some have opened the gift, others haven't. And he forgave everybody knowing there would be some who never opened the gift. Can you imagine that? I'm, I'm, I'm sometimes frustrating to my family unintentionally. I'm just not a big things guy, you know? I'm just... I just I, things aren't... They either serve a function or I just... How many know what I'm talking about? And, 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 and so when it comes to Christmas or birthdays, it's like, I don't know what to tell them. I tell them, give me a hug. Write me a letter. Because I'm just not a things guy. I'm not a guy who, like, you know, I got to get up on Sunday morning. Look at my new shirt. I don't, I don't, I don't, oh, well. I just don't need stuff. And so I know, I know I've, I've, I've frustrated my family at times, unintentionally. You know, they want to they buy, and I know there's gifts they bought me that, you know, I've opened it, and I was, I was pleased at their sacrifice, but I've never used it. They, they, they bought that for me. They spent something for that, even though they knew there was a chance that I would never use it, and I'd never... And it speaks nothing of their gift. Do you understand what I'm saying? God the Father forgave everybody. When you got saved, God didn't forgive you in that moment. You accepted his forgiveness in that moment. Doesn't this just make sense, folks? Here's why it makes sense, so I can move on. God isn't the kind of leader that asks of us what he's not willing to give himself. God is not unforgiving towards anybody while asking us to be forgiving towards everybody. Come on. That's a word right there. He's not up there mad at Matt because Matt hasn't prayed the prayer. Amen, amen. Okay? I will not bless Matt until he prays. 
Oh, come on, people. God's bigger than that. He's already forgiven Matt. He's got the gift of forgiveness for Matt, and he's trying with everything in his heart to say, come on, man, just open it. I, this is for you. Come on, man, just open it. Just open it. I, a son was given. I, I, didn't, I didn't order it on Amazon. It's not click, click, it'll be delivered before the 25th. I gave my son for you. Just open it. Just open it. Just really embrace it, man. Don't do like Pastor Rice does, open the gift and say that's nice and set it aside and never use it. Open it and use it. What do I mean by use it? Every time you fall down, use that to get back up again. And when you fall down, use that to get back up again. And when you fall down, use that to get back up again because there will come a time when all of a sudden you realize, you know what, I'm not falling down as often as I used to fall down. And so then when you fall down, you get back up again and you fall down and you get back up again. And his love for you changes your nature. And pretty soon you find out I'm not falling down anymore. In fact, I'm standing and I'm standing okay. And then I'm walking and I'm walking okay. And then I'm running and I'm running okay. And then I'm flying. Amen and amen. Why don't you be Jesus to somebody this holiday? Why don't you settle it in your heart right now? Purpose it in your heart right now. You've all seen the infomercials. You've all seen the commercials. Only for the next 30 minutes is this deal available. How many know what I'm talking about? Because they know if you don't make a decision and you don't pick up your phone and call right now, you're not going to do it. Right now, right now, while the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart, right now, why don't you purpose in your heart that before Christmas morning comes, you become a gift to somebody. A gift to the person in your life that deserves it the least. Like we didn't deserve Jesus. Why don't you just engage them? Why don't you just, in your heart, forgive them? Never expecting, never expecting an apology, never expecting an acknowledgement of wrong. Why don't you just purpose in your heart to forgive them and then engage them as if nothing ever happened? Bible talks a lot about justification. Going through the training program to become ministers, we had to learn what it means to be justified. And here's how it was easy for us to memorize what justified means. It's just as if I'd never sinned. That's what justification is. Why don't you start treating that person that you're upset with in this very moment Maybe something they did last week or last month. Maybe it was a dad or mom who let you down. Maybe it was a spouse. Maybe it was a... Why don't you right now f begin to treat them just as if they'd never done anything wrong? Because that's what God does for you and I. And listen, don't, don't, don't think that I've connected things together here that don't belong. 
disciples said to Jesus as I close, he said this. They said, Master, teach us to pray. I know it's Christmas morning. I'm going to give you a clue to help your prayer life. You see, they, they saw. They saw something about Jesus praying. He had already earlier rebuked and said, don't think because of your long prayers the Father's going to answer. The longest prayer in the Bible quoted is 63 words, folks. All right? That's not that long. Don't think because you grind it out for hours. I understand the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man of his month, but don't think that just because you pray long, it's effective. The disciples saw in Jesus a prayer life that was fulfilling for him. And they said, give us that. Notice they didn't say, teach us how to pray. Because the how is not the issue. They basically said, teach us to pray. Give us that. Man, when you go into prayer and you come out, there is a change that happens. You, you seem different. You seem different. It's you actually enjoy that, don't you? This is fulfilling to you, isn't it? He's all right, I'll, I'll teach you. When you pray, pray like this. Hey, Dad. I know you're in heaven. I honor you. Down here on earth, I don't want my will done. I want your will done. Give me bread today. If you think when Jesus said that he was talking about food, you don't understand. He previously told you not to pray for food. So then he wouldn't turn around and tell you to pray for food. Give us today our daily bread. What's bread? bread he tells us is the word of God I, I, I might run in to Jeff today and Jeff may be in a situation where spiritually he's hungry right now are you getting this I want to give him something God I want to say something to him I want to hug him and him for, to know that it means something I want to look in his eye and there be an exchange I want to I'm going to put my hand on his shoulder and he feels something. I want to give me bread today and forgive me. Like I forgive others. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And you want to, I can tell you the easiest way to get God just close to you, forgive somebody. You are never more like God than when you forgive somebody. Just forgive them. Would you stand to your feet? pray over you folks. Father, we are touched beyond words by the gift of the child that was born. 
where we saw a child, you saw a son. In that moment when he was born, there was no attachment from us, but there was such attachment to you. And Father, that gift of Jesus has changed countless lives down through the years. And yet you have called us to become like Jesus. Christians, Christ ones. Father, I just pray for a freedom, not only by those that are here this morning, but by those that are watching online. I pray for a freedom that we become a gift to somebody else in the next few days, God. That one that we've been harboring ill feelings towards, that one that we just won't forgive, that one that we haven't spoken to because of something they did wrong. Help us to act like you, God, in that while they're still basking in the wrong that they did, we can give our love to them. We can become Jesus to them, God. And just maybe, just maybe, if they can see Jesus in us, they will be able to see Jesus in Jesus. So I just pray for a supernatural anointing on everybody here this morning and who's watching online for a strength in their heart to be the gift of God to somebody this holiday season. And I thank you, Father, for that in Jesus' name. That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, godenc.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.